Well, let's dive right into what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, who needs God? Last week, I started to look at a few characters through the lens of the book uh, in the Bible called Acts. And we started to discover that God, who incidentally <laughs> loves to perform signs, wonders, and miracles, he began to do so in unique ways through people who weren't prophets, priests, or kings. He began doing so through people who would become known the world over as Christians or Christ followers. These were just everyday, ordinary people. And this was at a time where these Christians were considered by the religious hierarchy at the time and the general population at large as just ordinary people. They were your general laborers. They were your tradesmen. They were government workers. Just everyday, ordinary people. Certainly, they weren't people that those connected to the Roman Empire or the religious gang thought were people of any repute. Uh, but unknown to those in the establishment, something extraordinary happened to these so-called ordinary people. And we read about it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness. When you think of that word power, you shall receive power. What comes to mind? How would you define that word power? Why don't you take just a minute and start throwing in some comments uh, about that on the screen that you're watching from. And let us know what, what, what your thought, what the first thing that comes to mind when you think of that word power. I know for me, for years, I defined it more along the lines of signs, wonders, and miracles. Right? I, power, signs, wonders, and miracles, drop the mic. That's it. That's all. So, because I'd read in the book of Acts about these weird and wonderful things that the beloved characters in the book of Acts would do. Uh, you know, such as, like aprons being distributed amongst those who are sick. Aprons that had been touched by the Apostle Paul. And those aprons being brought to the sick... Uh, and their ailments would leave them. That's in Acts chapter 19, verse 12. Well, when I think of power, I think of that. And to me, that is weird. I mean, come on. Really, it is. But it's wonderful. I love it. See, in my mind, when I attempt to define the word power, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I think of the time when Paul was talking and talking and talking. I mean, he preached so long that some dude that was sitting on the windowsill listening fell asleep. <laughs> and he ended up plunging three stories to his death. Imagine. So what does Paul do? <laughs> he goes down to the dude. He wraps his arm around his arms around him, and the guy comes back to life. I mean, really. 
If that's not weird and wonderful, I don't know what is. See, in my mind, when I would attempt to define power, this power that is spoken of here in the book of Acts, this is what comes to mind for me. And rightly so. For these weird and wonderful things happened as a direct result of the baptism they occurred, that occurred upon them. That baptism in the Holy Spirit that's spoken of in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the scripture we're looking at, uh, uh, speaks of what is to come. When the Holy Spirit comes, this is what is going to happen. You will receive power. After the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Weird and wonderful stuff. I mean, come on. Think about it. How often does some dude stretch out his hands and and, and, and entire sea parts, enabling millions and millions of people to cross and on dry ground to boot? Now, if that's not weird and wonderful, again, I don't know what is. Or when an army surrounds, a mass army surrounds a lone prophet and his servant, and then all of a sudden, at the word of the prophet, every single soldier is struck blind, enabling just two people to whoop an army. Again, I don't know, but to me, that's weird And that is wonderful. Their miraculous, friends, is awesome. And we see it unfold in the lives of these newly called Christians after the Holy Spirit came upon them. Because it said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. A power, by the way, that God loves to put on display through his people. You catch that? It's a power that God loves to put on display through his people. A power I talked about last week that God wants to see manifest more and more in the lives of you, his church. Who needs God? The Holy Spirit? We do. And not just for us but for them, those we rub shoulders with every day. And today, I want to look at this word power from another angle. Uh, For just like with God, who to me cannot be contained or even rightly defined, neither can the outworkings of the Holy Spirit. Just as we witness signs, wonders, and miracles occur in these new Christians' lives through or after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, so we also see, which is equally important and weird and wonderful, other outworkings that occurred in their lives. Things like supernatural courage, supernatural boldness or confidence, supernatural insight and ability and supernatural authority. Yeah, these aren't as sexy as signs, wonders, and miracles. It's not as sexy as raising somebody from the dead or opening the eyes of the blind. But 
They did become active in these early Christians' lives as a, reject, as a direct result of them being submersed with power from on high by the Holy Spirit of God. They had courage, friends, to stand tall against a politically powerful religious hierarchy that watered down what it meant to be a God a follower. I was going to say a godfather, a godfather, follower. <laughs> they, they needed a courage that was far beyond them to rise above this religious institution. For example, Peter, one of the early church leaders, was crucified upside down because he refused to back down from his Christian stance. That, friends, takes courage. James, another leader in the church, died by the sword. Or John, he was tarred and feathered and even boiled, but refused to die and was banished to the Isle of Patmos, all because he had the courage to stand tall for his faith. And according to early records, Thomas was speared to death while preaching somewhere in India. And the rest of the disciples and many of the early church leaders died through some form of martyrdom, all because they refused to back down from their Christian faith. Friends, 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 these men and women had the power to withstand this pressure because they were endowed with supernatural courage to stand for Christ during a time when doing so often met with death. Friends, they couldn't do it unless the Spirit of God endowed them with power, courage to stand up against the bullies of the world. And courage and boldness, boldness the second uh, thing that happened to them, they tend to go hand in glove together. These early Christians had this boldness about them that could only be described as otherworldly. They didn't care who was listening, who their audience was. They were going to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who would listen. And during a time, I might note, where the emperor could... at a drop of a hat, at a moment's notice, behead you. Without a trial, without a guilty verdict, just at his whim. And it wasn't a natural boldness either that these cats had. It wasn't a boldness, you know, based on their personality type, as we know certain certain personality types tend to be bolder than others like, you know, the Sanguines of the world, or you uh, Myers-Briggers, the Perceivers of the world, or for you Diskers, uh, the Eyes of the world. Every personality type that was endowed with the Holy Spirit and power, each and every one of them had this supernatural courage and boldness bestowed upon them. Because it says... In Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you know what? When it occurred, it happened, and they believed it, and they started to walk in it. 
The Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit enabled the church. He empowered the church with courage, empowered them with boldness, and He empowered them with confidence that can only come from on high. I mean, come on. To have the confidence to say to some crippled dude begging at the temple gates, rise up and walk, and then grabbing the dude by the hand and pulling him up, as we see in Acts chapter 3, that takes a confidence that is not of this world and that is beyond yourself, friends. It's a confidence in whom you serve, in the one in whom you serve, and it's a confidence to do what he has asked us to do. Is this making sense to you? This is what Christianity was like back then. And truthfully, at least from God's perspective, it hasn't changed. Yeah, sure, maybe in some of our minds it has, because we're all too uh, eager to look at ourselves from the standpoint of the man in the mirror, the person that we see every day. But to God... This is who you are. Like that song says, this is who you are. This is who you are. People empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Who needs God? God the Holy Spirit? We do. And if not for us, for them. For those we rub shoulders with on a daily basis. How about being empowered to have supernatural insight? Insight. In Acts chapter 5, there's this story of a husband and wife named Ananias and Sapphira who lied to Peter, one of the apostles, about something that they did. Only to have Peter have the ability to see right through their lie. Well, that's supernatural insight. Or there's another story of this dude named Philip who knew exactly how to speak to one of the uh, Ethiopian important officials. This Ethiopian official was was pondering the things of God and seeking out the things of God. And Philip was able to speak directly into his life and speak to him the things that he absolutely needed to hear. It was a supernatural insight that Peter had. It wasn't natural, friends. And that all came after they received that power that came from on high. So, so far, we've seen the early church empowered not only by signs, wonders, and miracles, but we've also seen the early church empowered by courage, by boldness, by confidence, and supernatural insight. Next, we see them empowered through the Holy Spirit with supernatural ability. Supernatural ability. Just again, this Philip dude who we just talked about, uh, he so happened to uh, be, he, he was able to chase down a chariot. <laughs> chase down a chariot, and he wasn't wearing Nikes back then. Nikes weren't around. And he did it wearing a robe, of all things. I don't know, have you ever tried uh, running in a sack? You know, those sack races? It's extremely hard. Well, that's what it was kind of like for them back in the day 
to run, and he was running in sandals, and he caught a two-horse chariot on foot. Well, that is supernatural ability empowered by the Spirit of God. And then he was able to minister to that person and get them water baptized, all because he was endowed by a power that was higher than him. Are you seeing this? Supernatural ability, friends, came upon a ragtag group of uneducated folk, folk who were untrained orators. All of the people that you see in the book of Acts, excluding a few, were untrained orators. Yet, through their speeches, they were able to turn regions, nations, and the world right side up. All because you shall receive power (laughs) when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's just making sense. It's just, it's just helping somebody. We also see the early church walking in a spiritual authority that was altogether weird and wonderful. <laughs> Why? Because demons started obeying them. I mean, come on. Demons beginning to obey ordinary and everyday people? That is weird. And wonderful at the same time. Prison doors couldn't hold them in. Angels, in fact, started to do their bidding. Even kings and rulers wanted to meet them. All because they received power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. (laughs) So in saying all of this, we see the power that we receive when the Holy Spirit comes upon us reaches far beyond what we ever thought or imagined or what had been what we had previously known. Can I encourage you to do yourself a favor? Take God out of your box. (laughs) His Holy Spirit power that was unleashed upon the world back then, back in the day, which, by the way, is still at work today, can't be contained by our limited understanding. And I hope you took the challenge last week and started reading through the book of Acts. Through the entire book of Acts. I I, I said uh, last week, I challenged you, read through the book of Acts. When you're done, read it again. And then when you're done, do it again. And asking the Holy Spirit as you read to help you better understand your role on the earth, and then help you to better understand his role here on the earth. Because here's the thing, and please don't miss this. The Holy Spirit came upon. and The Holy Spirit comes upon people. He doesn't come upon dogs. He doesn't come upon horses. He doesn't come upon institutions or governments or crowns. He comes upon people. People that ride those horses, people that own those dogs, people that run those institutions, that lead those governments, and that wear those crowns. Friends, while you're reading the book of Acts, ask the Holy Spirit of God to show you what he has come upon you for. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what he has come upon you for. What are you specifically empowered for. You know, I, I think of uh, 
this dude named Robert uh, Letonu, who invented many of our earth-moving uh, construction equipments that we know today that are used to help build our road systems. He knew the one who empowered him. And he knew that he empowered him for a reason, that the Holy Spirit came upon him for a reason. I also think of uh, Dr. Ben Carson. He's a neurosurgeon who attributes his contributions to medical science as being directly attributed to God's hand upon his life. Empowering him, not only as he operates, but empowering him to come up with techniques that ended up being used the world over by neurosurgeons. Friends, all because he knew God empowered him for a purpose. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness. You'll be my witness. That speaks of a power to effectively witness to the world that you rub shoulders with. Displaying to them that God is there and God cares and God loves his people and God has empowered them for a reason and for a purpose. Dr. Carson recognized this. Uh, Robert Letourneau recognized this. Are you a nurse? Well, you need to know that the Holy Spirit can empower you. Are you in the marketplace? Are you in business? Well, you need to know that the Holy Spirit can empower you. Are you at home with your kids? Well, in fact, all of us are at home, really, with our kids, for the most part. Well, you need to know that the Holy Spirit can empower you. Wherever you find yourself in life, whatever you do, with your life. The Holy Spirit is here to empower you. And one of the chief reasons he does it is to help you with your Christian witness. God cares so much about people that you do life with. He empowers you to make a difference in their lives. Does this make sense? I don't know. I I look at some of the businessmen and women that I know in the church and I go, They have been empowered to do business. They have been empowered to be a witness in business, not only in the church, but to their business colleagues and to their employees alike. And that witness says that God takes care of his own. They aren't perfect. Sure, nobody is. But they work hard at honoring God with their lives. I think of people like uh, Peter J. and Ron S. and Fiona D., Business people who are empowered to make a difference wherever they are. And when I think of many of the healthcare professionals in our church, I think that they have been empowered to be a witness with the people that they rub shoulders with. I think of people like Lisa D. and I think of Trish and I think of Yvette and even you retired ones. I think of Donna and I think of Sherry. Holy Spirit empowered to not only do your work with excellence, but empowered to be a witness to those that you come in contact with on a daily basis. Empowered with courage, empowered with boldness and confidence and insight and ability and with authority. Are you with me? Is this hitting home? Most of the characters in Scripture 
were not full-time pastors or workers in the church. Most were ordinary people working ordinary jobs, if you may, making extraordinary impacts on the world around them because they were empowered by a far from ordinary Holy Spirit. Who needs God? God, the Holy Spirit. We do. And if not for us, for those that we do life with. Today's challenge to you is to continue reading through the book of Acts. But consider adding in, asking the Holy Spirit to come upon you like he came upon the early church back in the day. And as you read through the book of Acts, and as you're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you, and to come upon you like he came upon the people in the book of Acts, as, you, as you're reading through the book of Acts, take note of what happened before the Holy Spirit fell upon people and then what happened after the Holy Spirit fell upon people. Take note of that. And as you're seeking God, the Holy Spirit, say, God, I need that. I need to be empowered the way the early church was. I know for me, when I received that power that I'm talking about, it absolutely transformed my life. See, I was born again. I gave my life to the Lord. And about six months later, I was water baptized. Not for any other reason, but out of my own ignorance of it. And and then uh, shortly after that, about a month and a half, two months later, I received what I'm talking about here this morning, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it absolutely transformed my life. It gave me this courage I never thought I had. It gave me a boldness I never thought I had. It gave me a confidence that I certainly knew I did not have. It gave me insight. It gave me a strength that I never knew I had. Friends, and it gave me an authority I never knew that I had. All because I allowed the Holy Spirit to impact my life. Friends, the book of Acts is a powerful, powerful book. It's the book that unfolds the beginning of the church. And you'll see the church was was not as much about a building but it was more about a people. Will you do that today? Oh, God bless you. Thank you for allowing me again to come into your home and spend some time with you. But before I leave, uh, can I uh, lead you in a prayer? Uh, maybe you're watching this and um, you have not yet asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior. Well, on the screen, you'll notice there are some words that I'm going to have you repeat after me. It's affectionately called the sinner's prayer because it's a prayer that we would ask God to forgive us of our sins. And we ask Jesus Christ to come into our lives. So will you pray this along with me? And you can just say these words after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. 
and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. From this day forward, I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Friends, I want you to know, if you prayed that prayer, you're a Christian. Well, that was an encouraging message. I'm so grateful for it because, you know, it really tied into some of the things that I I was sharing about, you know, uh, what to do when you have a heavy heart and, you know, to know that we don't have to do any of this by ourselves, that we have the Holy Spirit that comes to empower us to do all kinds of things, you know, um, sometimes we think of courageous acts or acts of boldness as, you know, these over-the-top things, but they can be the simple little whispers of obeying the things that you're supposed to do. So that was good. I appreciated that. Thank you. You know, I want to end by praying over all of you guys. Mm. Um, you know, I, I said at the end of my message that, you know, I want you to spend some time reading the book of Acts and asking the Holy Spirit mm. to come upon you afresh. And as you read the book of Acts, to mark what happens before he comes upon you, and then what happens after. So I'm going to end by uh, leading us all in a prayer. Will you join us? I'm just going to stretch my hands Jesus. out towards you. Father, in the name of Jesus, yes. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that your Holy Spirit you. is present. Yes and involved in our lives, that your Holy Spirit, Father, is a a gift from you that is sent to bless and encourage and strengthen us Mm. to do what you have asked us to do. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh Mm. wave of your Holy Spirit's presence to fall upon every single person that is listening. And, Father, for those that need to be baptized in your Holy Spirit and power, Father, I pray a release Mm. of your Holy Spirit into their homes and into their lives and into their families. Father, I declare this in the precious name of Jesus and anybody that's struggling with any struggle at all. Father, I pray a release over their lives. Uh Anybody who's struggling with sickness, I pray a release. Anybody who's struggling, struggling financially, I pray a release. And anybody who's struggling uh, uh, maritally or relationally, Father, I uh, speak forth a release over them. Yes. And a release into freedom. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, Amen. I thank you that you're the burden lifter. Lord, I thank you that you make our loads lighter. And your Holy Spirit is our help, our comforter in a time of need. I'm so grateful for that, Lord. And I thank you for every person that tuned in today, that they will continue to really access that gift from heaven in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Yep. Thanks for letting us come into your home. Thanks for coming into our home. (laughs) It's the next best thing. So God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. See ya.